by nature, naughty by nature. And I'm closing it out this Sunday morning. And I want to teach and preach from this subject, less of this, more of that. Less of this, more of that. Amen. Less of this, more of that. Um, as we started this journey earlier this month, our goal uh, to talk about naughty by nature, our goal was never uh, about perfection. It was about progress. Uh, that we are progressing in God in our relationship with the Lord. That, that every day that we get up, we are striving to be better. Grab your neighbor by the hand, shake it real good and say, neighbor, I want you to be better. Yeah, I want you to be better. I want you to grow in God. I want you to go from glory to glory. I want you to every day get up, be more victorious than the day before. I ain't got no, no church in here. I said every day that you get up, I want you to be more victorious than the day before. That I might have failed on yesterday, but doggone it, I'm going to get the victory on today. I wish I had somebody right there. And I know some of you, you are okay with being mediocre. You are okay with just letting issues and bondages and, and stuff just have you. But is there anybody under the sound of my voice that made up in your mind, if I gave my life to the Lord and the Lord can make it better, I need every day that I get up to be better than the day before. Okay, let's go ahead and set the atmosphere for the week that's getting ready to come. Monday going to be better than Sunday. And Tuesday going to be better than Monday. And Wednesday going to be better than Tuesday. And Thursday going to be better. I wish I had somebody in here that by the time I get here next week, Sunday, if the Lord say the same, I'm going to be better than I am right now. Is there anybody in here that can lift up your hands and say every day is about to get better for me? I wish I had somebody right there. It's got to be better. Don't mean I won't struggle, won't mean I have issues, won't mean I have problems, won't mean I have circumstances, but I've made up in my mind that if I serve the better, then my life got to get better. There it is right there. And I wish I had somebody in here that say, I might not be perfect, but I'm so progressing because the Philip you see today ain't the Philip that was who I was five years ago. And thanks be unto God. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, say, get a good look at me because who I am today ain't who I used to be the Lord done brought me a mighty long way am I talking to anybody in here that can give God just about five seconds of praise that you know the Lord done brought you a mighty I need you to open up your mouth and tell God thank you that you brought me a mighty I'm getting better. every day I get up I want to be more like Jesus every day I get up I want to be less selfish I want to be less prideful I want to be less arrogant. I want to love for people, like, like I want to love for people and a love for God to grow even more and more. I want to get better at my attitude. I want to get better at my attitude. <laughs> I want to get better at my reactions. I want to get better at how I talk to people. I want to get better on how I love people that surround me. I want to get better on how to love people that I can't stand. I want to get better every single day. I wish I had some real people in here that say, I want to get better. Now you can sit here and go to hell and be mean and nasty for the rest of your life. But my, but the best days are ahead of me and I'm getting ready to be better than it was before. I need somebody in here to give God a shout of praise if you about to get better. at this scripture. I'm going quickly. We looked at this scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 17, and it's been, it's been messing with me. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. The old has passed away. In other words, watch this. I, I struggle because I've done stuff in my past that still affects me to this day. Okay, I'll save you. I don't care how many tongues you speak in. There's stuff that we've all done in our past that still affects us to this day. But the old person who I used to be no longer lives. <laughs> That's a blessing right there. The, the new has come, and now I have a new way of thinking. I got a new approach to life. I used to be this person that was doom and gloom and sit up in the bed all day and feel sorry for myself. And, and if it was on a cloudy day, I felt even worse. But the, somehow God starts processing you to the place that on a cloudy day you still see sunshine. 
I wish I had some people right there that say, even on a cloudy day, I still see sunshine. Even on a day when my coworkers are getting on my last nerve, I still see sunshine. I still got a check coming on Friday. Is there anybody in here that say, I don't want to sit here and live my life in doom and gloom. I want to make sure that every day I start to see better. Look at this. Ephesians 4, verse number 22 through 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. Tap yourself and say, put off that old me, put off that old me, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. 23, to be made new in the attitudes of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. I have to put off that old way of life. I, I put off right here means to strip off like clothes that no longer fit anymore. I have to strip off that former way of life. I have to strip off those former habits that pull me out of the will of God. I have to strip off those former friends that, that influenced me to sin. Mm-hmm. Now, now uh, I wish y'all would sit up here and look at me in that tone of voice like you don't know what I'm talking about. All us got them friends we know to call that can take us to where we want to go. Come on, I wish I had somebody right there. Okay, I get it. Because some of y'all, you haven't decided that I'm going to have saved friends around me. I'm just going to have ratchet friends around me. And so when you start to live ratchetly, then you can't understand why righteousness sounds so foreign to you. Like when I'm talking about righteousness right now, you think I'm talking in Chinese. But is there anybody here that realizes that there's some people I had to let go of because they kept pulling me in a direction that I really wanted to go but I didn't need to go there I wish I had somebody grab your neighbor by the hand and say if you're going to be my friend we got to be righteous together Uh uh-huh yeah 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 Uh uh-huh yeah I know we both come from ratchetness but the truth be told I'm trying to live so God can use me and I got to make sure I got the right people around me that are taking me where I need to go in God strip it off. Somebody say strip it off. You got to strip off those behaviors that keep you in bondage. You got to strip it off. Why? Because it don't fit you no more. Can I tell some of you, listen, listen, watch me, watch me. I need y'all to listen to this. That mindset that you done lived in for the last 10 years, it don't fit you no more. That defeated attitude, it don't fit you. It ain't even cute no more. You know, when you first did it, let me teach real good right here. People were drawn to you to make you feel better about yourself. But what ends up happening is you end up wearing people out. So when they see you coming, they get missing. When you call, they don't answer. Because after a while, they are realizing you are putting on something that don't fit you no more. I need you to look at your neighbor, point your finger at him with a little sanctified finger and say it don't fit you no more. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you trying to put on something. You ain't in that high school body no more. Let go of that. That ain't you no more. That ain't you. That ain't you. That ain't you no more. I know that high school body is up under that adult body, but the truth of the matter is you better deal with that adult body because that high school body might not ever come back. And what you trying to put on, it don't fit you no more. You showing too Okay, y'all don't like me right through here. It's a little too tight all up in, uh-huh. Yeah, we can count the rope. Okay, um, see, I need somebody in here to realize that there's some stuff that you are doing and there's some things that you got on your mind that don't fit you no more. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Why you still always feeling sorry for yourself? Why you always need somebody to pat you on your back? By this time, you need to be patting somebody else. You ain't got to touch your neighbor. You ain't got to touch your neighbor, but you need to tell your neighbors, pat me sometimes, Jesus. It's always about you. It's always about you. Watch this. Don't fit you no more, so strip it off. There's more to you and there's more in you than sin. I need to say that again. Because this generation, you are so lost with what the world teaches you that you have built a dogma and a doctrine around something that is erroneous against God. I'm preaching real good right through here. You have told yourself that you can just lay in it. This is just who I am. But there's more to you than sin. There's more to you than dysfunction. There's a plan for your life that's greater than your habits. 
I know this is news for some of y'all because you just settled that this is just who I am and you don't got no fight in you but God sent me all the way from Ocean Way to let somebody know you got some fight still in you and you better fight the devil every chance you get. He's trying to sabotage your life. He's trying to take you out. He's trying to keep you from your greatness and all gonna if you gonna believe that God whom the sun sets free is free indeed don't you sit here and settle for sin but is there anybody in here that say I'm after righteousness I'm after putting a smile on the face of God I'm after pleasing God with my worship and with my praise throw your hands up and for five seconds give God glory there's more to you than sin my brother there's more to you than sin, my sister. And here's the prayer I have for each and every one of you. Come on, Romans 6, verse number 4. Look what the Bible says. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. We're getting ready to baptize some people today. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. You can live a new life. You ain't got to settle for that bondage. You ain't got to sit in that sickness. You can live a new life. A new life that says, I want to do it, but it don't please God. A new life says, it keeps calling me, but I ain't going to answer no more. A new life. A new life. That's my prayer for you. That you start to walk in the newness of life. Why should I be bound when God has set me free? He wants you to have a new way of thinking. A new way of living. A new way, uh-oh, of dealing with your emotions. <laughs> that you will no longer live in the defeat you used to live in. That you will no longer be bound by your past. Why? Because that old me was buried with Jesus. And when I came up, my joy also came up. When I came up, my victory came up. When I came up, a new way of living came up. When I came up, a new way of thinking came up. Ah, is there anybody in here that say the old me died? But when I came up with Christ, I came up a new creation. tell you something? Watch this. The struggle that you have is that you, you are having people around you that want to leave you where they met you. <laughs> okay. Let me put it like this. Um, when I was, I, was, I was over gospel choir many years ago and I was a gospel choir director and I was a founder and I did that and when some people met me, that's all they know me as. But even as I was a, a, a choir, a director of a choir, I was also a youth pastor. And then some of those people who were under, when I was a youth pastor who were under me, the, all they remember is that I was a youth pastor. And they want to leave me in that box. It takes a special person in your life to grow with you beyond where you came from. Because <laughs> some people will hold you hostage to your past. Well, didn't you used to? Yeah, that used to be me, but that ain't me no more. I wish I had somebody in here that say, Lord, send me some people that can grow with me. Because if you can't grow with me, then you can't go with me. I wish I had somebody right there that realized, I don't care how you met me. All things are passed away. And behold, all things. Is there anybody in here that can give God praise that you ain't who you used to be? And God getting ready to send you some people that can grow with you to what he's called you to do. Somebody lift up your hands and tell God, thank you that you sent in the right person. I gotta go quickly, watch this. So how do you have less of this and more of that? Less of me, more of Jesus. Less of my wants, more of his worship. How, how, how do you have less of this and more of that? So glad you asked me. Here's number one. Write this down. Here we go. Shift from rebellion to obedience. Shift from rebellion to obedience. Can I tell you something? I've discovered that church people are the most rebellious people you will ever meet in your life. In fact, 
God even call you, call some of us, you stiff-necked people. You, you're rebellious. You want it your way. Rebellion, watch this, is when you know something is wrong and you do it anyway. That's rebellion. Now, we're easy to spot it in our children, but we're not e so easy to spot it in our faith. Because do you know that you can be saved and be rebellious? Do you know you can love God with all your heart and live in rebellion? Mm -hmm. Watch this. And the reason we rebel against God is because of two things, doubt and pride. Here we go. Doubt is a mental struggle over whether or not to believe God's promises for your life. That's what doubt is. For, because from our limited perspective, we can't understand how the Lord works. So when I can't understand how the Lord works and I can't figure out his plan, then doubt comes in and that gives me an out to have rebellion in my life. I think I went too fast, so I need to rewind that so you can get that. That when doubt, when I can't figure out how God going to do what he say he going to do, then doubt comes in and I start doubting the promises of God, which gives me an out to live in rebellion. I can't see, here we go, how I'm going to pay my tithes and pay that cable. So because I can't figure that out, then God, what you doing? I don't doubt, I doubt that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. So that gives me an out to live in rebellion and watch power. And the problem is we don't see what God is doing so we start to feel like the way he is taking us is not the right way because we can't figure it out. This must not be right because I sure can't figure it out. But that is why the Lord, that's why it takes faith to serve the Lord. Because if you can figure it out, you don't need God to work it out. Y'all missed that. But when I can't figure it out, I tell my doubts, God is going to work this thing out. I came to announce to somebody that came in here with some doubts. I came to let you know, guess what? If you can't figure it out, you're a good candidate for God to work it out. And is there anybody in here that can lift your hands and say, God, you better work this thing out. Because I don't know how this is going to happen, but I trust that you're going to do just what you said you're going to do. When you can't figure it out, that's when God can work it out. But the second reason we walk in rebellion is because of pride. Pride is the deceptive obstacle that has us thinking that our way is the best way. So we start to put more faith in our ability than God promises. Hmm. We put more, hear me, we put more faith in our abilities than in God's promises for our lives. And anything we do out of pride is rebellion against God. So, so what does rebellion start looking like? So glad you asked me. Watch this. You know you should apologize, but instead you stay quiet. Look down your row. It's some rebellion down your row. Watch this. What does it look like? You minimize your own offense and let the relationship fail when you could have possibly had reconciliation. That's rebellion. Come on, you rebellious people. Let me tell you what rebellions talk sound like. I ain't mad no more. I'm over that. I got three points. This is going to be my longest one. Mm -hmm. You know why it's going to be my longest one? Because when I got to this point, the Lord said it's rebellion all up and through freedom. We live in rebellion. We sit in rebellion. Because the world makes you think it's okay to be rebellious. Watch this. The world tells you stuff like, you got to keep it 100. You going 100 your way to hell. Rebellion. They tell you to be on time. You still coming late. Rebellion. Rebellion. Oh, you didn't think your job had anything to do with it because you regulate your faith the Sunday at from 10 to 12. 
when God quiets. You rebellious. Mm-hmm. Rebellious. You know what rebellion look like. You walk right past them, didn't even speak. Rebellious. You know what rebellion looks like. You got so much to say and such a little prayer life. You know what rebellion looks like. You know what rebellion looks like when the Lord told you to do something in his house, watch this, and you don't do it because now you created this thing where you got all this other stuff that you created that you now got to do that don't have nothing to do with what the Lord told you to do. That's rebellion. But he gonna say, well done, that good. No, he ain't. Because you didn't do your first work. You didn't finish your assignment. And last I checked, when you don't finish your assignment, you get an F. Excuse me, you don't have an F, you have an R. Rebellious. I'll fight all y'all to the car. I promise you I will. But you rise up your spirit at me. You're going to take this because there's rebellion in freedom. It's rebellion. They'll never use me. Honey, we tried to. And you didn't finish that. Now you want another assignment? Sit down. Sit down. You're rebellious. I got this to do, and I got this to do, I got this to do, and I'm tired, and I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, and ain't doing nothing. I will walk all the way back here if you don't. Y'all don't like me today. It's all right. 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 Touch your neighbor and say, you got to shift. You got to shift. You got to shift. got a shift. What's rebellion look like? You know you should have let that relationship go. And you stay in it because you don't want to what? Be alone. So you got somebody in the house with you, but you still in rebellion. Here we go. You know you need to stop cussing. But you let, listen to this, you let your anger excuse you into rebellion. God, want me to ask you some, one simple question. Is there any rebellion in your life? Why, why do we walk in rebellion? Watch this. Look at the screen. Because our greatest vulnerability often is connected to our greatest desire. We finna think for a minute. Our greatest vulnerability is often connected to our greatest desire. Each of us have desires, but when the desires, when we desire it so much that we are willing to disobey God in order to get it, that's rebellion. Your desires are unchecked. You want it, you got to have it, and you don't care what you got to do in order to get it. Excuse me, you don't care what God has to say in order for you to get it. We act in a way and speak in ways that God would not be pleased with. Watch this. So here we go, single folk. God wants us to be sexually pure and save ourselves for marriage. Quiet is so quiet in here. You can hear a rat piss on cotton. It is so quiet in here. When I said single people to be sexually pure, all the air in the room walked out. That God wants you to be sexually pure and save yourself from marriage, but you sleep with someone you are not married to, that's called rebellion. And even though that may be a desire that you have, are you willing to disobey God in order to get it? That's called rebellion. You want it so bad and it's causing you, watch this, to be vulnerable and open to sin. The reason we fall into rebellion is not because of the devil. Hope to, I just, I want to bust your bubble. Some of you are saying the devil after you. He ain't nowhere near you. He ain't even, you ain't even on his list. You know why? Can I tell you something? Because when the devil knows that you will self-destruct, he don't have to come after you. 
every job you go to, everybody mean and nasty, that ain't the devil, honey. It's tight all up in here. I don't care. I'm going to baptize these people and go home. I do not care. Every church you go to, you can't grow. Watch this. The reason we fall into sin is not fall into rebellion is not because of the devil. It's because we are, watch this, too open. Everybody say too open. What does too open look like? When you have no prayer life, you're too open. You know you're working at a hostile working environment and you don't pray before you go in there, you're too open. You know you got hell going on in your house, but you refuse to consecrate, turn your plate down. You're too open. And it don't take much to set you off because you're too open. I want to live so that when the enemy comes after me, he has to find a return to sender. Because the address he used to find me on, he can't find me there any longer. Is there anybody in here that say, I want to live so that when the enemy actually comes after me, he can't find me where I used to live because I done changed addresses. Is there anybody in here that say, Lord, I'm ready to change my address. I used to live in self, but I ain't living there no more. I used to live in lust, but I ain't living there no more. I used to live in flesh, but I ain't living there no more. I've changed my I need you to high five your neighbor and say, change your address. You're dealing with situations you don't have the covering to deal with. And the enemy has his way with you because you're too open. Can I go deeper? This thing has been messing with me. It's not on my, it's not, I don't have this, but I need to just deal with this. Do you know, watch this, when you are too open, you have a smell that the enemy can sense? In the spirit, he knows how to pick that thing up. So when you hard up and ain't had nobody in a long time, he knows how to send the right thing your way because you got a smell. You got a scent in the spirit. Hmm. And he be like, you smell like anger. Let me see if somebody worked that last nerve. Let me see how much Holy Ghost you got. You raise your hand in church. Now when they get on your nerves, can you raise your hand now? Has anybody, has the enemy ever tested anybody like that before? That you know you was wide open and you had a smell that the enemy was attracted to and you had to figure out, oh God, I need to change my smell. You know how to change your smell? Worship. Because worship creates an atmosphere. It creates aroma. It's a sweet smelling savor that the enemy can't stand. And I dare somebody in here to lift up your hands and just give God five seconds of worship. Create the atmosphere that you need for the enemy to back up so he can't smell you any longer. too open and it's making you vulnerable you're too open and, and it's making you vulnerable how many how many remember watch this I, I, okay okay um and tell we just gonna have a conversation they just gonna listen in on it um if we be honest there's some folk we've dated that came into our lives because we was too open and had a smell Bible says that the enemy comes like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. One thing that I've learned about lions is they have good smell. They have good glands of smelling. They could pick up prey from miles away. Whew. Somebody in Jacksonville picked up your scent. And they're coming after you to leave, put you in 10 years of bondage. You smell that? I feel like I'm hitting something right through here. You're too open. You don't have no prayer life. You're not faithful in church like you should be. You never read your word. You're too open. He can smell that. He smell that. He smell. He smell. Watch this. That rejection on you. He smells that that rejection on you. He knows your need to be liked. 
And because you have a need to be liked, let me make sure that somebody liked your post so it could pop up on your phone as a notification so that you spend the next hour going through Facebook trying to look who liked your picture. You smell that? Touch your neighbor and say, I just want you to be free. 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 Watch this, Philippians 2, verse number 12. Look what the Bible says. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You want to obey God, you have to work at it. Let me help this generation. Nice thoughts, good intentions, and positive vibes don't bring you into obedience. Can I say that one more time? Nice thoughts good intentions and positive vibes don't bring you into the place of obedience with God. There's a lot of people who got positive vibes and don't know them. That are not living out the will of God for their lives. You have to take action and it is hard work to obey God. I said it's hard work to obey God. I said it's hard work to obey God. I said it's hard work to obey God. I got to deny myself. Oh yes, it's hard work to obey God. Look at verse number 13. It says, "As for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now, my question became, because the, the two verses, if you look at it, it's a little confusing. First verse, watch this. Verse number 12 says uh, that you ought to work out your soul's salvation. But then it gets to verse 13 and says, it is God who works in you. So I got confused. Is it God working or is it that I'm working? And what he's trying to show us is, is both. It takes two to make a thing go right. Mm -hmm. You have to work up your, watch this, obedience muscle. And the more you work the muscle, the stronger you become against rebellion. You got to build it up over time. You got to pray, God, help me to change my desires. And when you start working that thing out, God will give you the ability to say no to yourself. I posted it this week, uh, this little quote. I need you to see this. Lord, show me what masters me and slows me down. Help me to lose my taste for that which weakens me and acquire a taste for that which strengthens me. God, help me to lose my taste for that. Even though I want it, I know it's not good for me. Help me to acquire a taste for prayer. I just can't come to the pastor and say, Pastor, pray for me. Touch your neighbor and say, you better learn how to pray for yourself. You got to learn. I got to acquire a taste for your word. I got to get in that word and see what it's to say about my life. I got to acquire a taste for sacrifice. I don't want to be addicted to my dysfunction. I don't want to be addicted to my sin. I don't want to be addicted to my bondage anymore. I don't want to be bound anymore. Let me tell you a story. Watch this. Remember years ago, years ago, um, um, we were living in Miami at the time, and um, my parents house and a bird a bird got in the house and it got caught between the blinds and the sliding glass door and it was just tearing up the blinds tearing up the blinds and it was pushing against the sliding glass door and it would bang itself against the glass why because it saw where it wanted to go but it wasn't free my dad comes along because my mama sure wasn't gonna do it my dad comes along and gently grabs the bird watch this and cups it cups it in his hand Watch this. He had to restrict the bird for a moment so that it would not endanger itself to any or anyone else. You're going to get this in a minute. He took the bird, put it in his hand, and he had to restrict the bird for a moment in order to free it. Let me bless you real good. Some of you are in a season of restriction from God because he doesn't want you to hurt yourself anymore. And the reason why he keeps telling you no is because he'd rather you cry over it now than for you to be bound over it for 10 years. I came to announce to somebody, that's why you felt so confined for the last six months. That's why you felt so confined for the last two years because he was restricting you so you wouldn't hurt yourself any longer. But I serve a God that got me in the palm of his hands and he's going to free me one day. Is there anybody in here that say, God, I thank you for every restriction you put in my life. I thank you for every time you told me no Because all it was doing was making me better Yes I cried Yes I didn't like it Yes I was hurt over it But God I thank you for my freedom On the count of three I want you to give God the best praise For every time he had to restrict you One, two, three Give God the praise
thank him for the restriction. Thank him for the no. Thank him for the time he had to put you in his hand because he was trying to free you from hurting yourself any longer. Watch this. So you got to shift from rebellion to obedience. Here's number two. You got to shift from selfishness to sacrifice. From selfishness to sacrifice. Um, how many of y'all can admit, like me, by nature, I'm selfish. Yeah, I, I could be pretty selfish. Drive down the street, I want everybody to get out of my way. I'm selfish. I don't want nobody eating off my plate. I'm selfish. In fact, we come to church, a lot of people in here, I don't even want nobody sitting that close to me. I'm selfish. I mean, I want the church to grow, but I want to roll by myself. at your neighbor and say, that man telling the truth. My knee-jerk reaction in life is how can I get it for myself? How can I care for myself? How can I protect myself? But that needs to change, ladies and gentlemen, because the new life, there is a shift from selfishness to sacrifice. Mark the 8th chapter, verse number 34. Look what the Bible says. Mark the 8th chapter, verse number 34. It's on the screen. Then he called to the crowd, uh, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. To carry your cross, watch this, you got to take up the cross. To carry the cross means you got to die on that cross. Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you got to die to yourself. And what I'm scared in this modern-day church is ain't nobody dying to themselves no more. I'm scared that, that, that this world is teaching you to live your best life at the expense of everybody else. So you're living your best life, but you ain't taking care of your kids. You're living your best life, but you ain't really trying to be in that relationship and take care of that man, that woman that you with. Because we are, we are prone to selfishness. Let me bless you real good. I know y'all had the marriage thing on yesterday. Look at Ephesians 5.25. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I want to read that together. Repeat after me. Say, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Watch this, that when you step into the newness of marriage, it is your responsibility to give yourself up for your wife. Let me bless you real good. Where there is no sacrifice, there will be no success in marriage. Let me, te let me, let me teach this. Where there is no sacrifice, there will be no success in marriage. I married him, didn't I? Ain't that, ain't that sacrifice enough? No. Let me bless you. You know what you got to sacrifice? That thought that just came in your head right there. You know what you got to sacrifice? Always having it your way. <laughs> you know what you got to sacrifice? Getting the last word. single people in here want to be married so bad. You know what you got to sacrifice? You not getting your needs met in a season. I didn't say in a day. I didn't say in a week. I didn't say in a month. I said in a season. And sometimes you don't know how long that season going to last. I got some divorced people in here say that's why I had to change my season. Anyway. <laughs> Where
where there is no sacrifice, there will be no success. You won't even get that degree without sacrifice. You got to give up your time. You got to give up your sleep. You got to give up your schedule in order to achieve getting that degree. Because where there's no sacrifice, there is no success. I, I know you want to excel on that job, but being cute and dressing good every day ain't going to be good enough. Living, trying to just do what's on the job description is not going to be enough for you to get the promotion. You got to stay late even if you ain't getting paid for it. You got to do more than what they're asking you for. Because where there is no sacrifice, there will be no success. So if you know that about marriage, and you know that about school, and you know that about your job, you don't know that about Jesus either? Where there is no sacrifice, there will be no success. No wonder faith is failing. We ain't really willing to give up nothing. You know, we got to schedule you to come to church now. Why y'all got rid of the other service? I was coming at 9th. No, you went. I mean, I want to join the ministry, but they rehearse every week. I mean, every week. Where there is no, there will be no. You want to be a great preacher, but you don't study. You're going to get up here and hokamashaya us. Can I tell you something about freedom? Freedom is not the church that you can just get up and hokamashaya us. Because what I've learned about this church is, y'all might not shout like other churches and fall out all over the place and be slain in the spirit, but I know one thing, y'all know what preaching is and what it's not. got to get in that word. You got to struggle. Your stomach got to be tore up before you get up. Because where there is no, there will be no. So why do you think your faith is failing? Can I ask you a question? What have you sacrificed for him lately? Because we want a whole lot Gimme, 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 God. But when was the last time you gave up some time out of your schedule and say, I ain't finna watch Netflix right now. I'm finna get in the presence of God. I'm finna lay out on this floor and seek God with all my heart and everything that I got. When was the last time that you you turned down a meal and said, nah, uh-uh, I can't eat today because you knew you was fasting because you was trying to tap into his presence. When was the last time you sacrificed and said, I don't feel like coming to church, but this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and to be glad. It was good. For, I, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I, I'm trying to tell you, the only way you're going to get anointed and the only way that God is going to lift you is you got to have some sacrifice because where there is no sacrifice there will be no success I speak to every person in here that the season you getting ready to enter to you getting ready to enter into a successful season because you have sown in tears you getting ready to reap in joy is there anybody in here that say I done sacrifice now I'm ready for success let the successful people in this house make some noise if you go into success Watch this. And the reason why we're struggling, I got to quickly, many people find themselves alone, empty, isolated is because they are always at the center of their own selfie. You know, this is selfie generation. This is selfie generation. And your selfie is now making you selfish. <laughs> Life is all revolving around you what you can get and what you need and who you who they who you with and Romans 12 and 1 this will mess you up says therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in the view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God this is your true and proper worship 
How do you move from selfishness to sacrifice? Become a living sacrifice. It means that there's something in you and I that needs to die. You need to give up something, uh, something to you of value. Maybe it's getting your way all the time. Maybe it's material possessions or greed. Maybe it's selfishness. Something in you needs to die. Can I just, let me tell you the truth. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. Deep revelation. Sacrificing ain't fun. And the problem with preaching to this generation is you want to preach to a generation that want their whole life to be fun. Let me prove it to you. You right now want a job where you can work from home, have flexible hours, more vacation time. Why? Because you want to have more fun. Mm -hmm. You, you want to have more fun. No, I want to pick up the, be able to pick up the kids and be there when they come home. No, boo. Because you know driving them kids to school and coming and going to work, having to deal with it, ain't fun. So you want to work from home because you think it's going to be fun. But fun is not the end all of life. Watch this. Deep principle. Catch this. Sacrificing is not fun, but it is fulfilling. I speak to some parent in here that you've been sacrificing for that child and they ain't even told you thank you. They take you for granted all the time. I come to let you know, I know it ain't fun, but it's going to pay off after a while. I need somebody in here to receive that, that the struggle you go through with that child, that the ups and downs, the sleepless nights, the times you don't eat just so that they can have money to go to school. God says, I know it ain't fun, but it will be fulfilling. It's going to pay off after a while. I need some parent in here to give God glory like you believe your sacrifice is not going to be in vain because sacrificing brings purpose it brings meaning in your life when you give up what you what you want for someone else's needs it brings fulfillment in your life first corinthians 13 and 5 says this it doesn't he's talking about love does not dishonor watch this it is not self-seeking can't be all about you you got to sacrifice for somebody else you have to sacrifice for god Point number one was rebellion to obedience. Point number two was selfishness to sacrifice. Here's number three, and I'm done. Less obsession, more devotion. How we move from naughty by nature. We have to have less obsession and more devotion. Anything in your life that you are obsessed with will take devotion away from God. I don't care if it's a person, I don't care if it's a hobby, I don't care if it's football, I don't care what it is. Anything that you have an obsession for will take, a, take away devotion from God. Obsessed means that you think about something unceasingly. You ever had something on your mind that you couldn't get it off your mind? I ain't got no real people in here. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, just tell the truth. You've been obsessed over a few things in your life. It dominates your thoughts. When something dominates your thoughts, it pushes out the new life God wants for you. And nothing can satisfy me or calm my spirit if God isn't at the center of my soul. Your life is all about, listen to this, work, entertainment, sports, travel, TV, social media. After a while, there will be no room for God. Your soul will wither. Your ability to hear from God will leave. Your closeness to God, your pursuit of closeness will be defeated and it will create distance between you and God. Anytime you obsess over something, it edges God out. I know you don't want to tell the truth. Has anybody ever been obsessed in a relationship? <laughs> you know, I think one of the worst things in the world for relationships is social media. I think it's one of the worst things. Can I tell you why? Let me just prove my point real quick and I'll move on. I think it's one of the worst things in the world because when they don't call you back, you jump on social media to see if they're on there. It's one of the worst things in the world. Watch this. Now the trust factor is if I can have your password. 
I just can't have your word no more. Now I need your password. I got to check the accounts. I got to see who DMing you. I got to see who you talking. I wish y'all would look at me in that tone of voice like you don't know what I'm talking about. I passed a millennial church. You know exactly. Oh, because you do it. Oh, I got it. Thank you. You right. It's hard on a relationship in the social media age. Because now the trust factors is, can I have your password? Because I don't trust anything you say or do anymore. Watch this. God wants to know. Watch this. Have you ever been so obsessed over anything that it edged you out? I know you're trying to secure the bag, but are you securing the bag and, your, and edging out your relationship with God in the process? Because you're making more money, but you don't pray no more. You got a nice car now. And you said, you know, you stood in front of it with your pose and said, you know, God's plan. I don't think y'all like me this morning. <laughs> but I ain't talked to him in weeks. Because we become obsessed over stuff and it edges God out. I need everybody in there to lift your hands and tell the, tell the Lord, I need you more. Come on, say it again. I need you more. I need you more than money. I need you more than cars. I need you more than houses. I need you more than a relationship. I need you more than a man. I need you more than a woman. I need you more. I need you more. Come on. I need you to open up your mouth and tell the Lord, I need you more. I need you more. I've played you short. I've acted like you're not that important to me. But in him, I move, I breathe, I live, and I have my being. I need you more. I need you with every fiber of my being. I need you to get up out the bed in the morning. I need you to go to work. I need you to raise these children. I need you. I need you. I need you to drive down the street. I need you. I need you. I need you to deal with my family. I need you. I need you every single day of my life. I'm lost without you. I can't make it without you. I need those people in this house and say, I need the Lord. I lift your hands and tell God, I need you. I need you every hour, every minute, every second. I can't go a day without you. I can't go a minute without you. I need you, God. It kills the obsession in your life. Come on, Psalms. Let's go. Last scripture and I'm done. Bible says, my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. I got a question for you. Is your soul spiritually malnourished? I know you ate breakfast, but did you feed your soul? I know you drank your coffee, but did you feed your soul? I know you worked out, but were you so in a hurry that you didn't take time to feed your soul? Because I believe there's somebody in here that your soul is on empty. Here's what I've discovered. Preachers, I don't care how much you preach. I don't care how good it is. If I can't, if you haven't fed your soul, if your soul is on empty, I can't get you to believe this word. Because there has to be something on the inside of you that's calling out for the word of God for your life. The body can go a few days without food and water. But I got a question for some of y'all. How long can your soul go without God? How long are you going to play this game where you act like you don't need him? Now change your mouth to somebody who are lost without like a ship without a sail, tossed to and fro. You're all over the place. You can never get control of your emotions. You can never get control of your feelings. You can never get control of your mouth. You can never get control of your lust. You can never get control of your passions because you're all over the place. I came in this room today because there's somebody in here that your soul is thirsty and you need a drink from God. You need God to fill you up. You are running on empty. And you've acted like you don't need him. And God is convicting you. The Holy Spirit is convicting you right now, telling you you need him. You ain't going to make it without him. You will go plumb crazy without him. I want to do this. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't need nobody looking around. I want you to hear me and hear me good. 
somebody in the sound of my voice. You came in here for whatever reason. And you know you don't know God. You've never confessed him as Lord and Savior of your life or you are unsure of your salvation. I came for you to get your soul filled on today. I came to introduce you to a man that will satisfy your soul. My brother, my sister, if you know you don't know Jesus or you're unsure of your salvation, you never confess him as Lord of your life. Nobody's looking at you. Nobody's looking around. It's between you and God. I'm going to count to three. I want you to lift your hand saying, Pastor, I'm thirsty in my soul and I need him to fill me up. I need to know him for real. Secondly, if you need a church home, there's no greater place than right here at Freedom. A place you can grow and mature in God. Maybe you've been checking this church out and God is saying, this is your church. I'm going to count to three. I need you to lift your hand saying, Pastor, it's me. It's time for me to join this church. I need to be planted in the house of God. So wherever you are, if it's to give your life to Jesus Christ or if it's to join this church, I don't know which reason it is. All I'm going to ask you to do is lift your hand saying, Pastor, it's me. Come on, I'm going to count to three. Please don't play this game. Please don't leave here not knowing him for real. It is time to surrender your heart to the Lord. It's time to get planted in the house of God. Maybe you don't want to join this church, but you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. That's fine. You don't have to join here, but at least surrender your heart to him. So my brother, my sister, wherever you are, I'm going to count to three. Lift your hand if I'm talking to you. One, God loves you. He can satisfy the longings of your soul. Two, it's time to surrender. It's time to make that choice. God is calling you to the next level. Let's go. Come on, if I'm talking to you, let's do this. One, two, three. Lift up your hand if I'm talking to you. I see one hand. Come on, is there another? Come on, is there another? I don't want to leave anybody behind. Come on. I feel there's somebody else in this, in this room. I feel you in my spirit. Come on. Lift your hand. This is your time to surrender your heart to the Lord. This is time to give it all up to him. You can't exist without him. You are thirsty. You're hungry for the true and living God. Come on, my brother, my sister. Lift your hand right wherever you are. Don't let this moment pass you by. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift that hand if I'm talking to you. I'm getting ready to move on getting ready to move on. This is your opportunity. This is your time. Glory to his name. And we bless you. And we bless you. Come on, my brother that lifted your hand. Come, 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 come. I want to pray with you. Clap your hands as he comes now. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Come on, keep your hands going. Hallelujah. Stretch your hands this way. Father, I thank you for my brother. I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this time that he's setting his life towards you, God. God, I thank you for the pursuit that you had after him. God, I pray your hand of protection on his life now, God. Shift his life to the next level in you. He's hungry. He's thirsty, God, for the true and living God. So fill him up, God, as he surrenders to you. And we thank you and honor you for what you're doing in his life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. Come on, clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. We're getting ready to give at this time. We're getting ready to give at this time. We're going to pass the basket. Amen. We're getting ready to give at this time. Hallelujah. As the greeters are coming. Amen. Those that are being baptized, let's go ahead and set up wherever you are, whoever is being baptized, who's ever helping, I need you to be in place. Amen. Glory to his name. We're getting ready to give at this time. We believe in giving the tithe. We believe in giving the offering. I'm still getting, uh, you will satisfy me. I'm still getting uh, all kinds of uh, uh, testimonies from people saying how the Lord has blessed them and that they're living in an open heaven. 
The Lord is passing out jobs. He's passing out raises and bonuses. He's passing out blessings left and right. And hear me, it all happens under your obedience to his word. So my brother, my sister, if you have not tithed, I need you to start tithing. I promise you the Lord will take care of every last one of your needs. He will take care of you. I'm a living witness. He will take care of you. So let's give on today. Let's prepare ourselves to give. If you need an envelope, it's in the chair in front of you. Hallelujah. Let's give something to the Lord on today. Hallelujah. If you want to text to give, you can text to give to 904-647-4374. Amen. I heard some of y'all in spirit say, I ain't had no cash. We got you. We got you. Amen. You're covered. You're covered. Amen. Now you can give. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. I want to say thank you to all those that have given uh, towards my love offering for uh, uh, Clergy Appreciation Month. I thank you so very much for the blessings that you have showered down on me. Those that are giving on today to that as well, I want to say thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so, so very much. Uh, people don't have to be nice to you, but when they are, you need to appreciate it. Amen? Amen. I'm grateful to God for what God is doing in us and with us. Look at your neighbor, smile at them. Just smile, just smile. They ain't seen one in a long time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Are we ready to give? We ready to give? I said, are we ready to give? Thank you. Every head bowed. Father, we thank you. We honor, we bless you, God. We thank you for that. We have something to give on.